Hello, I'm Oliver Northern, International Payments Product Manager for Bank of America, and you're listening to the Treasury Insight podcast series. Over the past decade, innovation and technology have led to an explosion of real-time payment networks and infrastructures. And in today's podcast, we're going to take a deep dive into real-time payments and how it can be used as a strategic differentiator for companies across the globe as our experts share your common use cases and considerations for businesses. I'm delighted to be joined by three panelists, Miyashu Lee, Head of U.S. Real-Time Payments at Bank of America, David Koo, the Global Payments Lead at Bank of America, and our guest speaker, Matt Corwell, Head of Treasury Operations and Mia Pachal. Welcome, Miyashi, David, and Matt. Thanks, Oliver. Thanks for having us. Yes, thank you. Glad to be here. Uh, let's start with you, Miyashi. Can you provide our listeners with a, an overview of RTP capabilities in the US and some of the common use cases you're seeing clients talk to you about? Thanks, Oliver. Thanks for having us. So before I jump into the use cases, let's talk a little bit about the history of the real-time payment space. So here in the U.S., the real-time payments product is owned and operated by the Clearinghouse, and it launched a little over five years ago. And as of this month, there are now over 350 financial institution participants, and this gives RTP in the U.S., a reach of more than 65% of all DBAs. And probably by the time we're listening to this podcast, wherever you're listening, the Fed will have launched their version of a real-time payments product, and it's called FedNow. So although Bank of America and a number of our competitors have chosen not to participate uh, in the inaugural launch of FedNow, What we do know about that product is that it will have the reach of 41 financial institutions. And most of those 41 are also participants of RTP with the clearinghouse. What we can tell from the participants listed in their press release, that now seems to cater primarily to smaller local banks and credit unions. And that in itself makes the reach for FedNow far lower currently than that of the Clearinghouse's real-time payment product. And that is one of the biggest considerations when corporates start thinking about RTP versus FedNow. But that aside, there are, they, these products are otherwise very similar. Both products offer what we call finality, meaning that they are irrevocable, no clawback feature like you see with with products like ACH, and both products are available 24-7, 365, which is a huge draw for clients who value having no cutoff time and who value that ability to make that precise payment with no lead time necessary, and with no restrictions. That is the real draw of real-time payment. So for Bank of America, we continue to invest in the capabilities of RTP instead of FedNow for the time being. And with RTP, today our clients are able to send and receive 
in all of the possible ways via our online portal uh, called Cash Pro, whether it's via, via API, file, online, or mobile, all up to $1 million. And again, all of these channels are available to our clients 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. A quick question for you, me actually. Sorry to to interrupt. So talking about 24-7, irrevocable, there's a lot of similarities to cash here. Would you you agree with that? It seems like this is a a payment type that that seeks to replicate cash in, in ways that other payment types don't currently. So what we have seen in the payments industry is that the things that you and I as consumers enjoy, expect, demand from a payment type, like the Zells of the world, where we're used to instant gratification, instant settlement, full transparency. Those are the things that are replacing cash for us in our daily lives. We typically see where what our consumer demand trickles over into corporate demands as well. Our corporate clients are reacting similarly to a consumer as far as the needs are concerned. We've replaced cash for consumers. We're replacing some of the, the slower mechanisms of payment for corporates as well. And that's where real-time payments plays the biggest role. Thank you. That's, that, that's a really interesting take. In addition to kind of the credit transfer portion of a real-time payment, we have also invested in the newest capability in the RTP environment, and that's the flip side. It's called request for payment. So far, we've been talking about real-time payment credit transfers, where we are pushing funds from one account to another. Request for payment allows a a corporate client to request a payment electronically from another business or from a consumer. It's basically a a sort of e-invoice, if you would. And when that recipient receives that request for payment, if they choose to make the payment, it comes back to the sender via a real-time payment. So that's going to be a real game changer for those clients looking to to ditch the paper invoice routine, Um, but while also speeding up their accounts receivable uh, collection when the old way of of receiving a check or a credit card gets replaced by a real-time payment. What kind of industries do you see really using these um requests for payment, where do you think they're really going to drive volume? We're already seeing a lot of interest from industries such as the real estate industry, leasing industries, uh, car dealerships. If you think about industries like the real estate uh, industry, leasing industry, loans, uh, anything where a business is used to sending an invoice to a client or to a customer in order to receive a payment in 
in return for goods or services. It could be something as simple as your lawn maintenance company sending you an RFP, uh, which, is, which is what we call our request for payment, sending you an RFP at the end of the month for all of the lawn maintenance uh, charges that they have, that you have incurred over because of that, that service. Got it. I, lo I love the way you're bringing that to the real world. So small businesses, uh, large utility companies, there's a whole range of applications uh, that, that, or, and, and, and industries that will be able to use this request for payment functionality. So expect the next time you go to buy a house, Oliver, for your down payment or your or your you know good funds, expect an RFP to come from your title company so that you can make that payment instantly, or that you can so that you can close on a weekend. That is unheard of, at least in the U.S. These are all real time real time use cases that are coming to bear. Thanks for that overview, Miyashi. Could you also speak about where it makes sense from a business perspective for clients to consider USRCP? Absolutely. I mentioned a few of the, the draws of real-time payments being the instantaneous uh, receipt and, and settlement and the 24-7-365 um, feature. Those, there are so many use cases that that affords and we see RTP being used for things like gig economy workers, workers who expect to not wait until the end of the week or the end of the month to get paid. They want to be paid at the end of their shift. That shift can end any time of the day, any time of the week. So what we're seeing is an increase in the number of payments that are being made in the ecosystem, not just a displacement of other payment types. Although some displacement will happen because RTP does have the finality of a wire without the, without the price and the kind of opaqueness, if you would, of a wire. So there may be some clients who also choose to move some of their ACH payments to RTP. And they may choose to use RTP for their lower value wires where the price point makes it more attractive. But all in all, when a client is, is trying to consider using real-time payments as part of their toolkit, they really need to take a look at their portfolio of payments and ask themselves which payment type is right for each of their payment categories. And also, thinking of liquidity, how can those extra days of liquidity, because you don't have a cutoff, you don't have lead time, how, many, how can those extra days and the ability to better time your cash flows, time your liquidity, benefit a client's overall treasury position? So these are some of the questions that, that clients should think about with their payments to ensure that they are taking full advantage of all of the benefits that come with all of the different payments in the toolkit. So if I'm understanding you correctly, you're anticipating an increase in overall payment volume, be that real-time payments, um, for real-time payments, and not an attrition away from wire and ACH, just generally 
an increase in electronic payments over paper and, and cash. There will be some displacement as checks be continue to wane and as corporates look at their portfolio and look at the payment types available to them to decide which ones are best for which category. But overall, we definitely are seeing more payments enter the system. As I was talking about the gig workers, instead of getting paid once a month, they may elect to get paid four times a month. Or if they are used to getting paid weekly, they can now get paid at the end of every day that they, that they choose to work. So definitely more payments entering the ecosystem. Got it, got it. That, that, that makes sense. Thank you for the insights. David, let me, let me pull you in. Um, can you talk about how um, the real-time payments in other regions are, are coming to the fore? Uh, what, what capabilities are you seeing across, across the globe? And some of the challenges that we're seeing and facing. Thanks, Oliver. With the introduction of um, uh, real-time payment, right, there are a lot of functions that the bank has to build globally. And um, I think one quick example that I can give is um, a pay-to-alias function, which we allow the payer, instead of giving us traditional information like the beneficiary bank code and beneficiary account, they can now give us the payee mobile number or email address or maybe a unique key to initiate a payment. So for the payer, right, less private data that needs to be stored within uh, at their system, uh, which is also beneficial to them. As a payer, I don't have to give you my account details. I can give you a mobile number or something, which works particularly well, I guess, if I don't want to be giving out my account details to another party. Exactly. Perfect. Thank you, David. Some of the challenge that we have been facing during our real-time payment implementation across the globe, one came up with the capacity. How much volume of transaction that we can support as a global bank? Because we are expecting transaction volume to grow, so there's a need to scale up our system end-to-end -end in order to cater high traffic. But then at the same time, we need to maintain our processing speed as well. This is one example of the challenge. Um, another challenge um, we had was um, banking in this infrastructure nowadays are very complex. We have 50 plus systems linked up in order to support our business end-to-end. -end. So a lot of analysis and also design effort was spent to kind of ensure we can extend these services from traditional five days of working to 24 by seven. We have done it by upgrading our many of our core and critical systems and as well as developing new platform into our process. Would it be true to say that as well as uh, uh, banks' infrastructure needing to move to 24, then the, the, the same is true of, of, of corporates as well? So um, for, the, for, the, for those processors, right, um, we need to work with the corporate team to see how they want to kind of evolve and kind of fit into the seven days model. Um, some corporate might not want to do that, but then some might want to. For example, we can then introduce seven days reporting instead of five-phase uh, client reporting to them. So in order to facilitate their day-to-day day, um, business um, use case. That makes sense. Thank you. So 
going forward, where do you see the uh, real developments that are going to occur in the the next phase of RCP as it it goes around the globe? One area is the introduction of a cross-border real-time payment in some of the locations. So um, these locations now are actually um, trying to roll the, roll the cross, uh, cross-border real-time payment scheme on top of the domestic real-time payment scheme, which means, right, we can actually move funds instantly from one country to another country. This would become possible in the very near future. And at the same time, right, with these RTP scheme coming into picture as the bank, we can have the flexibility to facilitate our client to ensure they make their payment faster and also avoid any delay of their payment. Effectively, I'll be able to make you a real-time payment from London over to, to your location in Hong Kong, David, in, in the, the not-too-distant future. Correct. And in Hong Kong, I can immediately send it to a beneficial bank and settle it via the RTP, um, RTP scheme. Thank you for that global view, David. Now let's transition to hear from Matt on Chubb's journey since they were early adopters of RTP. Thanks, Oliver. Uh, so really, just to start off with, I'd like to give a brief overview of uh, Chubb, the company I work for, for those listening that, that don't or are not aware of the company. We're, we're one of the largest insurance companies in the world, a market leader in specialist business insurance, and indeed the largest publicly listed property and casualty insurance company in the world. And lines of business include accident and health, property, aviation, marine, cyber risk, and on the B2C side, specialist car insurance, healthcare, jewelry, and even fine arts as well. Chubb is present in 54 countries, and over the past 10 to 12 years, we've deployed an end-to-end global payment factory architecture in 35 of those countries. And as part of that, implemented RTP in five countries. Uh, the first one being over five years ago. These countries include Australia, Singapore, Hong Kong, Thailand, and only this week, Indonesia as well. We do have plans to implement in Malaysia, uh, possibly later this year or early next year. And also, I'm, I'm based in London and closer to home. We're looking at the SEPA instant solution in, in Europe for the clearing of euros in real time. And we already use the faster payment service or FPS real-time payment solution in the UK. Uh, We want to move over to the API version of this, which I'll talk a bit about later as well. We've uh, we've got a very strong interest in the FedNow initiative that Miyoshi mentioned earlier. We're monitoring that very closely. And lastly, uh, four of our solutions within Chubb have actually won awards with regional treasury and industry bodies and a large global bank based in APAC. And Matt, how do your clients benefit from RTP on a day-to-day basis in these five countries? Good question, Ollie. There's a number of benefits, and the obvious one is receiving funds in real time, so a quicker settlement time. Um, but one that's often missed is the confirmation of payment, and that's a benefit both for the client and the corporate. So in real time, the um, in, in our case, the insured person or the client would actually receive confirmation they receive that payment, which often can be more important than the time of settlement in some cases. And, and really to expand on that, you know, it's, it's really the benefit is there when there's a, a tangible positive impact on, on the customer experience, particularly those in an emergency or an urgent situation, for example. So lines of business in the insurance world would be travel, 
uh, medical or, or mobile insurance, for example. That yeah. makes a lot of sense. So if I've, if I've lost my mobile phone and I'm on holiday, you're able to instantly settle that claim and, 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 and get me back on, on online, so to speak. Exactly. And if, if an airline cancels your flight, you can get uh, funding sent direct to your account in real time to pay for hotels and ancillary type of thing as well. That's really interesting. So, you know, really to expand on that sort of customer experience, which I'm sure our listeners are thinking about, it's, it's actually the case now we have proper business cases where a customer can submit a claim, uh, have it paid to their nominated bank account. It would all be set up on a system, for example, and that's in real time, 24-7, 365 days a year, as we've already discussed. This can often be done over a web-based service platform, um, a portal on your mobile phone, or, or even just over the phone with a claims handler, where the payment can be approved and processed whilst on the phone in real time. And also, I think, I think it was David that mentioned it, we, we can now even process proxy payments. So instead of using sensitive bank account information, we'd use a mobile phone number or an email address as well. So it's giving more flexibility to the client and improving the client's experience. I'm sure many of the listeners are also thinking, well, fair enough, but, you know, is the implementation painful? Um, is, is there a lot of resource or cost or, or effort involved? So I just want to focus on that, mainly on our, our Australia solution, which was the first implemented over five years ago. Um, I mean, this took only about three months. And since then, we've seen our other implementations take about the same time, um, obviously working very closely with a partner bank. The key point I think Yoshi also touched on was the cash management and liquidity management processes have to be potentially re-engineered or thought of again um, to take account of the requirement to make payments 24-7. It was David that said, effectively, you, you could have to assess a new ecosystem from your, your payment architecture, depending on the materiality or the volume of real-time payments that you expect to make. It's important from a corporate perspective, as well as the external benefits to the client, you know, the speed of payment, um, there's internal benefits for the corporate as well. And I've already talked about confirmation of payment. We found that within Chubb, a very large uh, benefit, and it means... Obviously, if there's a failed payment, that can be addressed a lot quicker than a, a typical ACH payment, which might be two or three days to resolve. So again, indirectly, that's improving the client experience. So utilizing API technology, this delivers that functionality to track the payment status. That's, that's a key benefit as well. And as I've explained in a different way, Chubb can notify the claimant in near real time when the payment can be completed. Also using API technology, that's, that's the key fundamental here. It's, it's protecting sensitive customer information, reducing risk, and, and also accelerating the transition from, for example, checks to electronic payments. I know it's a big transition and movement for that in the US, for example. And then lastly, really moving payments to API and a global standard format, which is XML 222, if we're getting technical, um, and using the file act um, arrangement within Swift, that's moving to a more globally recognized format that is, is really the direction of travel for most payments globally. Thanks for sharing, Matt. And it was really interesting, your take on confirmation of payee and, uh, you, you know, clearly an early identifying payments that have, that's gone wrong uh, for your end customer's benefit. Great for our listeners to hear how another business is leveraging RTP and those common use cases uh, that can be explored. 
As we wrap up today's session, we know that RTP is going to continue to evolve over the coming years. Would each of you like to leave uh, our listeners with today? Uh, Matt, if I could go to you first. Sure, Oliver. Um, I suppose there's really two points that I would raise um, as a closing message for the listeners. It's very important, as I've said before, you've got to ensure you partner with a bank that has the capability and ideally with prior experience with implementing an RTP solution. But really clearly, be aligned and the bank needs to understand you as a client and what exactly you're trying to achieve. That's very important. And really, as a part B to that, I think it's, in, it's important to analyse what makes commercial sense for your business to deploy RTPs. It's certainly not suitable for all payments. And be sure to consider your, your business use cases. That's, that's really the key takeaway that I want listeners to understand. The, the, the use cases are the most important thing and clearly define the benefits to the client as well as you as a corporate. Thank you, Matt. Uh, Miyashi, would you like to go? Just to piggyback on on what Matt said, the benefit of a real-time payment is not just the ability to make a faster payment. It's about those use cases. It's about being able to make an on-time payment or a just-in-time payment at precisely the moment that you want your funds to leave your account or at a time when you want the funds to arrive in your recipient's hands at a precise moment. That is kind of a big aha for clients who begin to, to utilize and, and the real full potential of real-time payments. And David, could we get your recap as well, please? As a bank, right now we can process payment 24-7, which comes with functionality like um, seven days client reporting, real-time notification to client, as well as um, compliance reader function like sanction screening and fraud monitoring. But during the implementation of RTP, there were interesting discussion on how do we manage bank liquidity, how do we handle ethics conversion during non-office hour, and how do we actually handle technology support and also operation support within this 24-7 processing model. So these are interesting topic um, that is introduced by RTP. And I think as a bank, we are still evolving as we speak in order to reach an optimal model that we want to operate. Um, and also, I just want to echo to uh, Matt and also Miyashi was saying, right, RTP is a new but not the only way to make a payment. So make sure you select the right payment type to use. Ultimately, what we want is ensuring the client can make the payment on time and accurately. And I think that's the um, objective of the bank. Thank you, David. It's been really lit uh, interesting to listen today to... Uh, your thoughts on RTP, about use case selection, uh, confirmation of payment. There is so much more to discuss on the topic, but that's all we have time for today. Thank you very much to Miyashi, David, and Matt for your insights today. Thank you, Oliver. Thank you, Oliver. Thank you, Oliver. My pleasure. I'm Oliver Northern, mm -hmm. and my co-hosts have been Miyashi Lee, David Koo, and Matt Cornwall. Thank you for listening to the Treasury Insight podcast series. Bank of America is the marketing name used by certain global banking and global market businesses of Bank of America Corporation, lending other commercial banking activities and trading in certain financial instruments are performed globally by banking 
affiliates of Bank of America Corporation, including Bank of America NA member FDIC. Copyright 2023 Bank of America Corporation. All rights reserved.